You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Guys, what's with sci-fi's love of space whales and space pirates and space ocean stuff in general? Also, is fatherhood as important as superheroery? And how might religious leaders take advantage of an apocalypse? We're going to discuss all of that because this is a what's news. So I get to discuss a bunch of things in lightning fashion. Guys, we are the Priests of the Geeks. This is Systematic Geekology. I am Joshua Noll. I am here with two wonderful, one wonderful co-host, one wonderful guest host. <laughs> we have Will Rose and Daniel Sigmund. And you know what? Let's just go ahead and let's jump into it, guys. Lightning round. What's been going on that's new lately? I'll start with a couple things. Um, the Peter Pan and Wendy trailer came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was very not caring about that movie at all. I also had no idea it was going to be a live action remake because the name's different. It's not just Peter Pan. Looking at it, I'm interested, especially, you know, from our context, I'm really interested to see how they handle a lot of the racist issues mm. from the original cartoon that we're going to be talking about in an upcoming episode. Mm. Also really interested in like, there's a lot of really dicey stuff that happened in that cartoon that I'm curious in a modern context what that'll look like and you know i'm sure it'll get attacked by both sides they may tinkerbell black so people are going to be upset on one side and then <laughs> there's probably still going to be some kind of hint to that old racist stuff so the other side will be mad too and we'll get to talk about it it'll be great <laughs> um daniel you want to talk about mayor of kingstown yeah have you guys seen mayor of kingstown no, i don't know what it is mm-hmm. okay all right okay it's a paramount plus show starring uh hawkeye jeremy renner uh and he plays the mayor um but the mayor in the show he's actually um a character who works to keep violence down in the city of kingstown by kind of mediating between um the law enforcement and the different gangs and uh uh, yeah he says like i'm not for either side i'm i'm for all sides and i'm just trying to keep things from going crazy Um, so this is what he did between the two avengers movie yeah, well, and, and this is on season two now, and it's it's very serious. It's kind of dark, um, but it highlights uh, some of the issues of power and corruption, you know, in our legal system. And I know it's not super, uh, super, uh, super hero-y, hero-y. Hmm. I heard you earlier. It's actually hard to say. <laughs> super heroery. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but he is, he's kind of a vigilante, only he says significantly more F-words and smokes more than Hawkeye and also <laughs> drinks liquor for breakfast. But <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a very uh, interesting and uh, pretty intense show at, at times. So I, mean, I would recommend I, it. I think that you, fits perfect within the realm of like kind of what we talk about here. But also it sounds like his, what his role is kind of what we do is systematic ecology on all sides, like the other. There's toxic geek fandom, and then there's Even those who are like, uh, yeah, liquor for breakfast. No, um, <laughs> people from all sides trying to mediate and and be there for all sides of, of whether it's gangs or law enforcement or the toxic fandom or or whatever. We're, we're right there in the middle trying to say, all right, guys, let's come together and talk about these things in a civil way and geek out together, one big family. And I sometimes that's not always easy, so it sounds like – it, it, yeah. It's not all. It, it sounds like this guy's role um, and job isn't easy every episode. Daniel, is that what you're saying? Correct. A little it's, bit of drama. I mean, it makes the audience feel exhausted what he has to deal with. <laughs> yeah. right. If you want to hear about other heroes that smoke a lot and drink or liquor for breakfast and face corrupted government, 
We have a One Piece episode coming out Tuesday to talk us about all of that. It's going to be mm. great. Okay, Will, did you want to highlight maybe what's been going on in Bad Batch? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I'm still far. I think you know, it's Star Wars Wednesdays, right? Like you have Mando and Bad Batch now talking new episodes on the same time. So my my routine of waking up early Wednesday morning, getting a cup of coffee before everybody else gets up and get going on the day, I have to get up a little bit earlier so I can watch both um, Mando and Bad Batch. But I think, you know, there were some complaints earlier in the season that there were too many filler episodes with Bad Batch. They had a couple like really deep um, kind of storyline, plot line, um, uh, kind of a lot of meat on the bones on a couple of the episodes when it dealt with kind of Palpatine showing up and what's this transition from clones to the Imperial Stormtrooper. Well, now that Mando's dropped, they're mm. really kind of leaning in hard. The last couple is, um, episodes have been leaning into this kind of transition of basically the Empire going, clones, you suck. We're ready to move on. We've used you enough and it's time to move on. And then they're like, well, there's this kind of human rights um, issue of what do you do with these soldiers who are trained and literally created to be these kind of soldiers and then what do you do them after so so it leans into kind of like how do we treat our veterans um mm-hmm. how do we treat our soldiers uh those kinds of things so i think it is kind of filling in the gap of you know what happened from the transition from sto- from clones from clone troopers to stormtroopers and, and is doing that um and and also knowing that it's a wide audience from the younger kids all the way to the older fan base they got to keep a lot of people happy in a in a wide age base for that so but i'm i'm loving it and it's it's pretty pretty good and uh, i think they've gone deeper now that mando's and this on those episodes are dropping and so um getting everyone's attention going a little deeper to star wars war reminds me of uh the first season of agents of shield was very very slow we couldn't figure out why then winter soldier happened and all of a sudden the show got exciting (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly also with the Bad Batch stuff, it's interesting. They're getting rid of clones on one thing, and you got to have this, you're created for one purpose. What do you do when that purpose is taken away? But on the other end, they're kind of hinting at the Emperor might want to make clones of himself. You know, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. somehow, somehow Dave Filoni will do what he did with Revenge of the Sith and make that movie make a little bit more sense. Maybe he's trying to do it for Rise of Skywalker and make yeah. this, the Emperor clones not seem so stupid. Um, sorry, that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, did you want to highlight really quick the last part of our speed round that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trailer just mm-hmm. dropped? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it looks uh, it looks like you know. Let's be honest, the last couple of live action movies they did looked weird <laughs> and were not were not that great. But this for an animated film that has a unique uh, visual style that does look uh, similar to. Uh, the Spider-Verse movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of uh, Seth Rogen. And uh, it's telling Will before you uh, before we started recording how uh, my older sister is the one who introduced me to Ninja Turtles. And I actually got in trouble as a kid Man. at church because <laughs> a friend and I were playing Ninja Turtles and we're hitting other kids. So <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I hear Jackie Chan is going to be Splinter in that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Wow, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't even know this was coming out. But then, yeah, me neither. <laughs> when you shared that with us, Daniel, and then I saw people posted on our Priest of the Geeks kind of Facebook page, I clicked right on it, and the trail looks really great, and the mm-hmm. animation looks really, really good and fresh and different and in the banter between the turtles is great i am interested though is was that april in there who looked a little bit darker skinned um so here we go another 
it might be another opportunity where where some fan base is going to be upset that they kind of race swapped somebody that has you know she's got glasses a little bit curlier hair a little bit darker skin looks like she had a yellow jacket on so at least that's the same but like oh, i no. oh no so i'm i'm curious how the fan base will be with that and it makes again makes no difference yep. for me cool representation is great but i understand if people get you know I, I have like opinions about stores too that if they they made some changes and tried to do some things with legacy characters and get been out of shape that, that happened to me with last jedi yeah. you know but yeah. that's characters not not color of skin so anyway move on move on, move on. <laughs> there's a total of one time that the color of skin change kind of bothers me but i'm holding out to see if i'm i'll be wrong but that the little mermaid one Mm-hmm. And it's only because they make a point of her pale skin and the source material and the fact that she has a sister that's a woman of color. So I'm kind of like, well, you you had all the pieces to tell that story. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm I'm going to leave that alone because it hasn't come out yet. So I'm, I'm open to being wrong. There you go. On to the regular part of our episode. <laughs> where we, we got a few things we want to highlight before we do some some announcements been coming out. Um, a big one for me, you guys know I'm the Diz nerd around here. The fifth key to the kingdom has been kind of added the last little bit of Disney. You know, they have the four king keys that they tell, you know, their workers have to kind of live by safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. Well, they've added inclusion. And part of that is they recently, I think last week, added a handicapped child, a child in a wheelchair to It's a Small World, mm. which super cool. The way I heard the story was a, a kid rode the ride a few years ago and got off crying and was talking to his parents. Oh, there's no kid that looks like me. Oh, wow. I was really upset because he you know, has kids from all around the world, but but no one that looks like him. And he was born paralyzed, all that. So then Disney did this. So I'm, I'm hoping we kind of get to see pictures of him going and getting to see a kid that looks like him now. And it's really cool. I'm glad that they did that. It's a big key here, too. We we're kind of big fans of inclusion. Um, another huge announcement, not confirmed yet, but it's it's said that John Berthal, Berthal, how do you say that? The Punisher. Bear-tall. Bear-tall. Yeah, it said he's going to be back for for Daredevil born again next year, mm. even though it hasn't been confirmed yet. After the news articles started spreading everywhere, good old John shares a picture of the Punisher on his Instagram with no caption. (laughs) So I'm thinking it might be the case. And if so, I'm excited to talk to you guys more about uh, vengeance, revenge, how that plays a part in our faith and what we think of it when, you know, it happens to play out for the good guy's side. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be it'll be fun to talk about when it happens. Well, and also to see how Disney handles this character who is uh, generally very violent and uh, carries uh, carries all sorts of weapons on mm-hmm. his person. So it'll it'll be doesn't he? I can see how he wouldn't fit the Disney mold very well. <laughs> so right. we'll see. Yeah, and with the Daredevil bringing that over, I mean that show was pretty violent too, and they brought him over to be in the um, uh, spoilers. She-Hulk uh, show to introduce him into the uh, um, kind of the, the MCU uh, part of, of Daredevil and She-Hulk and all that jazz. I'm wondering how he how the Punisher is going to fit. And, the, and interesting enough, in the comic books, they've changed him around a little bit. They're trying to evolve him to be more of like a ninja and use swords, not as much as guns. Uh, and to change his symbol a little bit because there's a lot Lame. of like, like <laughs> tr- truck 
like um, January Six Bros who are like have the Punisher symbol in the back of their truck and and it's been kind of co-opted as kind of like Proud Boy symbol. And so uh, Marvel, others are kind of like, what do we do with this? Do we lean into it? Do we change it? Do we try to fight it? Or do we just kind of change the character, evolve the character? with this? So that's kind of behind the scenes of what's been going on. So I am curious how a Disney Plus MCU show is going to going to handle all that yeah yeah it'll, it'll be fun for the most part it seems like they're making comics book shows and movies more comic book accurate as opposed to just being edgy for the sake of being edgy like they gave daredevil the yellow costume and all that so when you get to daredevil or even deadpool if they're going to be comic accurate it's going to be edgy so we'll see see yeah. what they do with it yeah um guys speaking of getting a little dark and a little little edgy let's get dangerous as my favorite duck-themed superhero would say. <laughs> Guys, Darkwing Duck has a comic series out right now. And me, having grown up in the 90s in Florida, I love all the 90s Disney stuff. So it's checking all my nostalgia boxes. The first issue was very much just, hey, this feels like the old show. They even included the theme song in the comic somehow. Like, mm -hmm. incredible. Incredible how they did that. Like, I hear all the voices, the song. It's like I'm actually hearing them. You know, Darkwing even does his his crazy thing of of I am the glue that sticks to your shoe. I am the Lego that you step on in the night. <laughs> you know, like all this crazy random phrases he comes up with. And I'm like, this is this is what I live for, for this coming back. <laughs> right. Nice. It was great. Issue two comes along. They kind of did it again, you know, just checking all the old nostalgia boxes. But then they introduce something new. So for those of you who grew up watching it or are aware of Darkwing Duck, he is a very narcissistic character, very full of himself. He is the hero. He's what everybody else is looking for, which, of course, proves not true over and over again. But he's blind to it because he only thinks of himself and sees himself, really. So, you know, he's like, ah, oh, the world's greatest hero is here and everybody applauds. And then you see like Superman or something, but he doesn't see Superman. So he thinks they're applauding him. It's just him, you know, just just that's just what his character is. But you see here, just like a lot of times in the cartoon, what will happen is he'll do something and then the kids end up saving the day and he takes credit for it. The kid keeps trying to get involved and he has his sidekick take her completely out of the picture. And by the end of it, he, he kind of makes the declaration that his time of super superheroery is done and it is now time to focus on fatherhoodery. Man, you got to find a way to put that in the title of this episode. <laughs> Superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we just yeah. invented a word, but that's fine. That's good. I, that's what I think Darkwing Duck invented the word. <laughs> he, he's crazy, man. But, but, but his point of – he has a far bigger and harder responsibility of fatherhoodery. And the child going, I was fine. I even got to help. I'm so good at this and blah. And he makes the point of like – which, you know, we see this story time and time again where the superhero gives up for his family or whatever. And he's like, well, no, that's the point, though. Yes, you did good, but you shouldn't have been in the position at all. <laughs> so he addresses that. He's hanging up the cape, he says. His sidekick gets kind of sad and bummed and leaves because, well, there's no point of a sidekick if there's no superhero, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he walks out and leaves. And it kind of ends there. You kind of know what's going to happen is some situation will arise where he'll have to be a hero again. But for me, it was really interesting. A, the comparison, not of, you know, trying to protect my parents or my loved one, but it being a father to his daughter. I really liked that being the family thing that we're focusing on and mm -hmm. having a hero that's been a joke so long. 
since the 90s. This guy's just been a joke. And he's so full of himself. He is his own world. And seeing that character be the one who's going to put it aside for his daughter, I'm actually really interested to see where it goes here. Nice. Mm-hmm. Who's the, um? What's who who who's putting out this comic? Is it? Um... Uh, it's Dynamite. But uh, let's see, Dybert and Lauro. Okay, Dynamite. It's a Dynamite book. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a superhero trope in a sense that like what makes a superhero retire or hang up the cape, hang up the cow, or Spider Man you know, say I'm done. I, I I need to retire to protect either my I'm burnt out or I'm protecting that my loved ones to put this aside and do something else. And then there's also that kind of hero's journey of the, the resurgence of a call to what makes you get back in the game again. And so I, I think that applies to kind of our lives too. You know, burnout, what makes us want to move on, do something different, but then what, what calls us back into our responsibilities to use our gifts in a way. So that, that sounds like a, a yeah. great, a great storyline that's been used quite often in, in comics but if you can tell it in a, in a cool way with 90s nostalgia i didn't grow up on dark wing duck i that was a little <laughs> decade ahead of me but um, yeah. i was 80s cartoon but daniel was that a cartoon that you are familiar with uh, yes. did you turn in a dark wing duck and hit kids in church or uh <laughs> no i had grown out of that stage by the time i got to dark wing duck but no i i loved dark wing duck when i was when i was a kid yeah. uh, he, he was one of those few heroes that like i feel like i i'm want to skip daniel's perspective you didn't really want to be Darkwing Duck. You wanted to laugh at Darkwing Duck. He was funny. <laughs> For some reason, maybe it's because he was funny uh, and a superhero that I wanted to be Darkwing Duck. But I think at the time, it didn't also didn't cross my mind that he he uh, didn't realize he, he's not a terribly intelligent superhero. So, yeah, it's fun. Well, and it's funny. I've been rewatching some of the cartoon. And, and you can relate, it sounds like. So this is fun. Will, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, I'm learning. I'm learning. This is great. That's why I'm here. I'm rewatching cartoon and I'm realizing they made the show in the 90s so that you're able to relate to the kids. The kids save the day most of the time. Or a lot of the time, anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's fun that now we're seeing Darkwing Duck is saving the day. And now his big job is fatherhoodery. And, and I'm kind of thinking, oh, that's right. When we were kids, the kids saved the day. And now that those 90 kids are adult and reading this comic to their kids, presumably, the dad is becoming the hero. So I found that pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. Especially when you're young, you want to be the superhero. And then when you become a dad, it's like, this is actually the most heroic thing I could be doing right now. It's Mm. taking care and loving my kids and raising them well. So that's all I was going to say. It's a little sentimental. Sorry. No, that's that's fantastic. But it sounds like this character is similar. I mean, is it like the mixture of like superhero and comedy or a cautionary tale? Don't be like this person if you really want to be. I mean, it sounds like Deadpool, if you ask me or or whatever. But like, um, you know, the the comedy aspect to the, the comedy usually disarms the seriousness of it or makes light of a heavy topic but then in the end there's kind of a moral to the story and maybe we'll all learn something here and be better people but um yeah i, I agree Dana. like fatherhood like the, the whole world changes in the sense of like your responsibilities how you see the world how you envision the world mm-hmm. how you navigate it and every everything changes uh, from that moment forward so that there there is a there is a, a definitely not it's not i mean you're in this your same story but in terms of a, a chapter turning the next page to a whole brand new world that's that's definitely the case and i don't know there's a few things i look forward to hey you know so often it's oh my dad's superman so i like being able to have this comic for kids of what if 
the superhero is like your dad rather than thinking your dad is like the superhero, you know? So it's kind of like a cool flip on that. And then I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of fun of he's going to be a dad just the same way he was a superhero, which means he's going to be doing things and his kids are going to be really embarrassed and annoyed. And he's going to go, man, I'm the greatest father of all time. All other fathers wish they were me, <laughs> you know, like that's what he's going to do. <laughs> and and I then your kids get older, <laughs> your kid get older and they roll your, their eyes at you uh, and call you cringy and you're not the best dad in the world. You got to calm your dadness down. I'm sure he won't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll still be convinced he's the best. <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's move on to maybe some a little bit more mainstream stuff. I, I think mm-hmm. maybe some other people I've heard. Um, there's a show called The Mandalorian. Mm. Um, <laughs> finally, finally, season three has started. It's something we've been waiting for around this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem right for anyone to start off this conversation other than other than Will. So Will. Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, man, for first episode dropped and uh, talk about family, talk about fatherhood, mentoring others. That theme continues and it'll probably move into the other topic we want to talk about, too, is there's a there's a continuity here when it comes to fatherhood, mentorship, uh, responsibilities. But but yeah, Mando is back. And and I, I like the first episode. Um, I've been telling people that uh, my kind of hot take or quick take quick take is you know, that it, it was a short episode. It felt really recappy. Like a lot of things that I already knew was going on. I felt like they had to tell us over again in case there was an audience out there that didn't watch the Book of Buffett or didn't watch Daniel's uh, brilliant uh, YouTube <laughs> recap of season two. I yes, watched both those things and then stuff. and then went right into episode one going like, ah, I feel like I've seen kind of this before. But there were fun moments. I mean, like, you know, the asteroid chase and pirates and meeting the characters. I felt like they just really squeezed a lot in the 30 minutes um, to lead us to where the next episode, episode two or chapter 18, which I'll talk about in a minute after you talk about yours and try not to spoil too much because I know you guys haven't seen it. But I think there's so, so, some continuity there that, man, I did, my my slight disappointment of the of chapter 17 or episode one of season three was totally redeemed with today's episode mm. of chapter 18. And it's about as peak Star Wars as you get in my in my um, humble opinion. So, man, I, I loved it. But then the big thing here that we're going to dive into this season is really it has religious overtones. It has faith overtones. It's what's going on in our world today. So seeing Star Wars deal with like fundamentalism versus the other side of the story where they're progressives who feel like the other one is just a cult. And here is Mando stuck in the middle of these two factions of his own tribe, of his own religion. And and kind of where does he go? Um, is his way the only way? Um, there There is a baptism. And guys, there there's a monster in those baptismal waters, not just figurative, not just literally, but figuratively. There is a monster in this baptismal water of how uh, Din Jaren was was raised in in this religion, mm. and and I think that's going to play out uh, throughout this entire season. It and it plays out more in in chapter eighteen um, in the newest episode that dropped today. Yeah, um, I, I don't share some of Will's sentiments. Um, mostly, mostly, there's there's it's the most obvious thing in the world if you think about it. Um, chapter seventeen, possibly my favorite bit of Star Wars since the Last Jedi. I've loved the Last Jedi, but. I, uh, <laughs> the reason it should be obvious, uh, there were pirates. Mm-hmm. I love pirates. All you need to do is have them appear. You have one that just gives off the most Davy Jones vibe possible. And I'm like, all right, 
when's the when's galactic captain jack sparrow showing up i'm ready for this this is great mm-hmm. i don't need anything else suddenly there shows a pirate show and i'm here for it <laughs> um right. you even have the space wheels i i love space pirates one of my favorite video games is ratchet and clank quest for booty which if you didn't know booties and up your arsenal all, all of their names are kind of butt humor um but <laughs> they're great games but it was just a short video game of uh, ratchet fighting some pirates in space and i'm like yeah this is what i want and that's exactly what we have here one of my favorite star wars characters is hondo and i think they're setting the stage where he he could he could make an appearance and um, yeah i agree with if that. i'm lucky if i'm lucky that might happen so that's I, I went from, I know we talked about this last week or the, the last time we did a what's new where my biggest expectation or my biggest hope for the series was, you know, a little bit more development from Grogu and then maybe exploring the politics of Mandalore. And now I'm like, I don't think I care about any of that. Just give me more of those pirates. Well, <laughs> chapter 18 is going to have no pirates, but all yeah. the things you just talked about that maybe we could get some progression in Man. development <laughs> with with baby Yoda and growing as a as a being and possibly maybe his first words and like, um, they, ah, dude, um, as long as he gets kidnapped by a pirate, I'm down. (laughs) Well, that could still happen. I don't have to have pirates, but I was happy. I was very happy by their presence. Daniel, Daniel, what's your thoughts on that first, that first drop first, first episode? Um, it was fine. I think it felt uh, a little bit conventional, and didn't didn't I, I am excited to see where it goes next, but um, didn't offer a whole lot new. But I did uh, I did enjoy the uh, likely or potential return of uh, what is it, IG 11 that Will is not hmm. going to say anything about. Um, but that, that was a fun scene, like almost a Terminator style going yeah. after Grogu. That was cool. That was cool. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, it was fun. My first thought when I saw the captain uh, of the ship was it's like, this is a weird way to introduce Swamp Thing into the Star Wars universe. That's what I thought. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I totally Those memes, it took two seconds for those to start flying around. That's why I watch it first thing. <laughs> I haven't seen morning. that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, yeah, they're they're around. That is no brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I shared on the Facebook group even like like the four pictures that were like this episode and it was like a picture of like you remember that old like a uh, Louisiana gator hunting show and then it, oh no it was um it was Steve Irwin's Crocodile Hunter that's what it mm-hmm. was and then the picture of Pirates of the Caribbean and I'm like I mean yeah that that base yeah that's it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh, spoilers without spoilers those, those are great memes but but yeah I agree like the him. His and it does come into play with um, chapter eighteen, like his relationship to droids and tech, um, it is huge. And there's some, oh, there's some, such, some, some great moments here. And I will say, a, a, a droid does show up, not the one you're maybe thinking of, um, that that is in this one, and it, it has all all the feels to it. It's it's so good. I think it's so well done. I'm gonna rewatch it again tonight before I go to bed. Um, but but I I think this whole like man, I just love this idea. Or what they're doing, and I'm I'm curious because it's in our own religious conversation about construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, fundamentalism. Those are just children's stories. You still believe that crap, you know? Or yep, yeah, this is our creed, and how else are we going to live if we don't have our creed? Um, who who are we in this universe displaced if we are, don't hold on to something? Like those tensions and those lines um, are, are are there just out in the open, along with fun you know, battles and dark sabers and, uh, the force and, uh, 
baby Grogu doing a flip and those kinds of things. So um, good, good stuff. Yeah, for, for me, I'm excited that baptism is just playing. It's just outright playing a part of the season, hey. <laughs> even though it's not Christian baptism. You know, I, I find it a fun thing to explore from a Christian aspect because from I, I did a lot of random research of the history of baptism. Um, a, a lot of your early church thought of baptism as like what we think of the Lord's Prayer as now of this is the act of you publicly confessing your sins and you know that is salvation happens which is where you get a lot of these bible verses and stuff that seems to tie baptism to salvation which even today you have churches that think you can't be saved unless you've been baptized and then you have the argument of can you be sprinkled do you have to be dunked you know all that and it's fun seeing those same kind of to me which which is funny i don't know why even though i grew up christian a lot of these debates still just seem silly to me so it's fun seeing them in Star Wars that it's still seeming silly, but them addressing it seriously. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I want. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a in a sci-fi where you have space monks that, you know, that are going around as this religion talking about the force, you think, yeah, we now have a civilization or, or a, um, a tribe within Star Wars that leans into kind of sacramental baptism and, and being a Lutheran pastor. I mean, one of our two sacraments is baptism. Baptism is pretty important. I talk about it a lot. Um, and so, so yeah, seeing that played out, it's, I, I think it's well done. It's lifting up some themes. Yeah. Are you going to take away, like, are you going to be able to watch Mandalorian and get all that you need for Lutheran catechesis? Probably not. We need to have a conversation, but, no, definitely. but those themes are, are definitely like doorways into a larger conversation about what we believe about baptism, what we believe about water, um, you know, Genesis starts with the spirit hovering over waters. Uh, then Jesus with Nicodemus talks about spirit and water. And then then you have like for 2000 years, the church practicing like the main initiation into the community of faith is this uh, is a baptism into mm -hmm. a community and into the life, death and resurrection of Christ. So what what does that mean? Dying, the, the old self dying, rising to a, to a new way. This is the way a new life. Um, is all part of that conversation. And I love that you have skeptics, you have people that are like, move on. And there's people who are whole hardcore fundamentalists, almost like a yeah. cult that, that, um, where they're having these conversations. Cause literally, yeah, yeah, literally it's like, this is the only way he says, and you're like, really, is it the only way? Same with baptism as Lutheran as I am, you know, there, there are other ways to do baptism. Other churches do, do it great and have great conversations around the theology of baptism. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, in all things, I tend to lean against any kind of legalism or it has to be done this way. Mm -hmm. I'm fully of the belief that random people on islands who've never heard of God and maybe are even not living the best lifestyle, God can still just decide to show mercy to them because he can decide to do that for whomever he wants. So I'm just kind of like, you know, same thing here. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Dude, I really don't think it matters if you get underneath the mines and dip yourself in the specific waters that you're supposed to. But also, having done the whole church podcast for so long and done church unity and talked to all these people of different traditions, I'm really I'm, I'm good at empathizing with other people. So I understand to him the significance for him. It's important. And so when something is that important to you, whether or not it is real, if that's important to you and what you believe about your faith, you put everything on the line for that, as you should, even if. Ultimately, it's silly. I keep watching this show and I keep on wanting to be like, just walk away, Din. There's other there are other expressions of Mandalorian culture. Just go join those guys. You join don't the pirates. Part, yeah, you don't you don't need to be part of this fundamentalist uh, cult anymore. Um, and like and like Josh said, uh, it. I understand like when you're when you're in that world for so long, it's extremely difficult to 
uh, just walk away or even explore other other traditions. But uh, I grew up in conservative evangelicalism, and now I'm going to a Methodist church, and I'm hanging out with a Lutheran pastor. And mostly I'm just excited to be able to use a phrase I once heard. They describe themselves as denominationally promiscuous, which I thought was great. <laughs> great so that, yeah. that's where I am now. Nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, it, it brings up that uh, the deconstruction talk that everybody's having in popular, you know, evangelical circles now. So it's like maybe maybe we'll see Mando doing some deconstruction of his own beliefs. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be yeah. for more good. What's new episodes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 don't not to derail this, but man, I, I I do. We talked about like our hopes for like Mando season three, and we want to see like Grogu become more of like his own person rather than just like this cute baby that's just kind of goo goos and gagas around and is kind of like so vulnerable. And you can tell in this next episode that he has had some training. He is having some autonomy and and growing to himself that he can be responsible for things. That's, that's kind of fun. But man, I, I I tell you my big hope for star Wars is that like, I hope like, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we have like a flash forward, like hundreds of year in the future. And you have a little like, hybrid Grogu wearing like a Mandalorian helmet, uh, wielding mm-hmm. the dark sable at, at dark saber as a Jedi slash Mandalorian. I, I think, I think the potential's there. They're teasing it. And, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm there for it. I, I hope it happens. I hope, I hope it happens. Well, guys, I, I hate to rush, but I, I can't not talk about episode eight of the last of us. Yeah. Can I talk it was yeah, so can I talk about episode good. seven and eight just briefly? Can I, can I well, talk about seven? as well yeah okay um seven much to say i know know. (laughs) this will not be long episode seven is is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series uh spoilers guys if you're not watching last of us and you haven't caught up yet uh pause us now we're going to talk about spoilers but um okay you paused or you're back here but episode seven really gives us the backstory of how ellie got her bite and she not only because this uh 80s like um 80s like throw back to a mall and arcades. Of course, I'm going to gravitate to one of my favorite things with that. But this friendship she has, this this romance she has, this crush she has, plus like this talk of like the factions between the Fireflies and Fedra. And then um, her friend says like literally when after they get bit, like we could give up or we could just keep going and moving on. And everybody dies at some point, uh, some quicker than others, but let's not give up. Let's Let's move on. And so... I mean, it was just so freaking powerful and loved it so much. So that was one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. All right. Episode. Uh, you can talk about episode 70 if you want, but, or uh, move on to eight, whatever, whatever yeah, you think. I'll move on to eight. Uh, episode seven in the game episode ep- in the game. Episode seven was DLC. So a lot of people didn't actually play that unless they bought the DLC. So when the second game came along is when a lot of people first found out that she was same sex attracted and all that. And that's when people started to get mad before other stuff happened. I won't say the other stuff, but I thought episode seven was pretty boring. I didn't care that much about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's why we're all friends and part of one tribe. We can all disagree because man, well, that's why I'm Josh with the wrong opinions. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, mm. I'll give it, I'll give it a seven. It was fine. It was an interesting backstory. I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't bother me. It was, kinda, <laughs> it was there. Um, Episode eight though, man, we, we're, we're back to the main part of the story. Um, you have Joel maybe dying. You got, you know, the girls out there trying to figure out what she can do about it. 
and she runs into some people who do her she runs into some people that that do their best to kind of convince her that they're worth trusting all the stuff they end up trying to trade for whatever i don't want to give the whole story away if you haven't seen it but it kind of focuses around this this guy david who was a spiritual father to this whole group of people and tries to convince her that he can be like that to her and um one of our other co-hosts in a, in some on social media earlier was talking about uh you know david he you know he lost his father and he's talking about how a lot of people were counterfeits that tried to take the place and no one ever will and i'm like yeah i mean that's definitely a thing that's what that's what this guy makes me think of this david makes me think counterfeit counterfeit priest counterfeit dad figure he's not the real thing but he tries to pass himself off as and in our current culture man that hit close to home stories mm-hmm. of people like him i mean he was an exaggerated form of a lot of it, but that's uh, that, well, yeah. I don't know if it was that exaggerated. I mean, <laughs> pay attention to some of the stories. Most of the priests that come out terrible aren't cannibals. I guess you can give them that. Yeah, that's whenever fair. I see a pastor show up in a show like this, I'm like, uh oh, here we go. Uh, they're not going to be a benevolent dictator that takes care of all people. There's going to be something corrupt. And I was proven right. Like I was like, oh, maybe he's a good guy, and then he's like, slap that girl, and I was like, oh. You know, I'm like, here we go. Us pastors being portrayed as the villains. I, I I do get a little bit of that, you know, take a little defensive. But then I'm like, yeah, I certainly understand like in a post-apocalyptic world, what you gravitate to, what you're what you're going to hold on to that values the most. Like I was kind of hoping that there would be like kind of an authentic faith there of taking care of a community. But then, man, it turned it turned dark. And it was a great episode. I loved it. I, I the the stakes were raised to a whole new level. Um I mean, my wife, who we watched um, Walking Dead together and stuff, we were watching this one. And she was like, oh, yep, here we go again, cannibalism. But I was like, you know, post-apocalyptic world, that's something you got to think through if your people are starving. Other people have done it, talked about that, too, in terms of, like, you know, being stranded uh, in the North Pole or, or plane crash, or whatever. What was the name of that movie a long time ago? Get into that. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I couldn't help but think, like, oh, here comes another pastor. He's probably going to be bad and corrupt and evil and want to rape somebody. And then, oh, boy, here we go again. I mean, yeah, but also, I don't know, it, it, it was interesting how it escalated, right? Because so much things are maybe not excusable, but we kind of can wrap our minds around a little bit. You know, these people were dead anyway, so we decided to eat them. Uh, yes, that's terrible, but it's kind of like, well, are you going to let people die? You can kind of justify that if you really, if you squint, you know, and you, you think real hard about it. And, then, you know, you, you know, and it, that's what it kind of did all along the way. Even when he slapped the one lady, it's like, well, he was doing that because they were saying to kill somebody else. And we don't want to kill anybody else. And, you know, this is a time where you need those tough leaders because it's post-apocalypse. And I don't know, we, we allow those kind of situations to excuse a lot. Um, I mean, even our current political situation in, in real life, you know, we've excused a lot of people just because they recognize that January 6th was bad. That should be common sense, you know, <laughs> like, but instead it's like, oh, well, we can excuse all these other terrible things because they recognized this really obvious thing. And I feel like that's what we do with these apocalyptic stories. It makes you wonder how much would you be willing to excuse if the situation was bad enough? You know, I was surprised on a previous episode. Maybe it was the first Last of Us uh, episode you guys were talking on when you asked what's the first thing you would do in a post uh, in a, in a po- apocalyptic situation. I was surprised. I don't recall anyone saying find other people. Like the first thing I do is like, let's all get together and and uh, figure this out. Um, I'm ending it immediately. I'm done. <laughs> <I> give up. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like even in those situations, even if it was like, all right, the whole church is hunkering down at the church and um, now now these uh, violent people want to come and take everything, all of our stuff. I feel like in that situation, in a situation of defense, uh, quite a bit is justified. I don't know. I don't know how far I'd take it because I'm not I'm I wouldn't call myself a pacifist, <laughs> but but certainly you can't we can't just let everybody do whatever they want in this in the name of um keeping the uh keeping the peace is that yeah. it yeah yeah survival i don't know yeah i don't know um yeah i mean i think that's what these post-apocalyptic genre and shows do it shows you the factions of how they answer the question how do we survive what is permissible what's the moral compass that guides us and even in episode seven with ellie and her friend they're like yeah it's fire the, the fireflies are gonna nope nope fedra is is the one that's gonna keep the peace and even their own soldiers like you know they would just go that that one officer was like they're gonna all like kill themselves if we don't step in and help out but um they're they're all trying to do their best but they're all wrong in this and then you have like this church mm-hmm. community you have the i mean the safest place and the most u- utopian was the one with the big wooden walls where he found his brother you know and i was like just stay there why are you going anywhere <laughs> yeah. but if she's like the cure or has something different about her you got to get to someone to try to figure out how to do this but but man that community was about as perfect as you get there's no way i would leave that place um yeah. but but you know like if you if you have a calling to go do something with this girl who is special where do you go from there? And I think the show also deals with, as we talk about dads, mentors, what we do to help, how you go close to someone, you know, he's keeping his distance because he doesn't want to get too close because he may lose her, but yet she's the one taking care of him. She's not going to give up. And that was, that's why I love seven so much that at the end, her friend is what gave her that moral compass of like, don't give up, like keep moving. And yeah. she answered that call to help Joel. Um, yeah, that part was pretty and, powerful. And they kept going and ran into a cannibalistic, abusive uh, uh, pattern. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Well, so back to the dad part, just really quickly. And, and this is something, to me, depending on how you use the word pastor, I also think it's true here. If someone is trying to assert themselves as a father figure or as a pastor, and that, that's, what, that's what really stuck out to me, is he's trying to tell her, I'm a pastor, I am a dad, I am this. He's having to tell her this. And trying to push that relationship onto her. And wisely, she resisted that, right? And then you end up seeing it escalate till she tries, he tries to rape her. Then when she runs out, she runs into what's funny, I was about to call him Mando. <laughs> she <laughs> runs into Joel's arms. She does. And he says, What was it? He he calls her baby or sweetie or something, mm-hmm. which he's he hasn't done any, like he hasn't called her any like terms like that yet. But it was this moment where he did not ever want to be her dad, never wanted to be her pastor. But in that moment, she ran out. He knew that's what she needed. And he earned that for her. So she accepted him as that. And having seen that that was her need, he accepted that role in the moment. And I think that's where you see a true pastor, a true father figure. Will, this is where I want to hear from you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't make the connection to you brought that up. Like, what did he say in episode six about what he really wanted to do? He wanted to just be on a farm and raise sheep. And she was like, and she was like, oh, really funny hanging out with a bunch of sheep. Um, But but he's (laughs) a father. um, And but then, you know, what is he shepherding? What is is what is he shepherding in his life? To help guide you have to earn that trust she immediately didn't want to go with his brother joel's brother uh he's like i choose you because i trust you 
I have a relationship yeah. with you. Of course, she's not going to turn to this like pastor who's like, you know, whatever. Because I don't know you. You're you're. I, I'm going to go to the person that I've built a relationship. That guy can talk all he wants about, um, you know, use all kind of lofty words or quote scripture at at her, but it's not going to convince her because she didn't have a relationship and she doesn't trust him. And that can go into like us. We can quote scripture all day to uh, someone who uh, thinks is BS, but unless you have a relationship and they trust you, it's not going to make a hill of beans. Um, what are you shepherding? What What are you guiding in your life and parenting um, that that earns that trust um, for others? Yeah. So, so that was good. That's a good connection. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And that's where you see that it's not what well, his value isn't in his super super heroery, but rather in his fatherhoodery. <laughs> oh my gosh, those words! You could just say fatherhood. You could no, fatherhoodery. You could say being a superhero. You could be fine. Super just- heroery. <laughs> Why don't you combine superhero and fatherhood together? What comes with that? I don't know. Yes, ask Darkwing Duck. <laughs> super father heroery. Is it? <laughs> yes. And on that note, <laughs> we have one episode left. So there's episode nine, and in the last mm-hmm. episode, there's one episode in this season. Is done so well. They're they're in there. I guess there's a second video game that came out, part two. So they're going to keep yeah. going with this. But but um. But I, I am, I'm going to be in Germany when this drops, so I'm going to have to like Ooh, watch my, on my phone on HBO Max on my phone and watch it that way because I'm not going to miss it on Sunday night. Um, I got to watch it. Um, it's, it's been, I've loved every second of it. I believe that the creator said they have uh, five seasons planned out, and I, I, I think the idea is five, five. They, How? well, I mean, once you get past the source material, you just make stuff up. Yeah, um, but oh, but oh, no. for me, I well, and we'll see, we'll see. But I think that's good news that they they don't just want to release a bazillion uh, uh, seasons of a show and just keep it going because it's making money. So, yeah, <laughs> man, stop where the game stop. This isn't that the same trap that they fell with in Game of Thrones. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, it's moving. It's on. <laughs> it's worked. It's worked before. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, it could go terribly. Yes, you're right. So now we're at the at, at the wrap up because <laughs> I don't want to go any further into that. Um, and and instead of giving recommendations, Dan, I don't think you've been on a what's new before. We recommend one of the things that we talked about today. If you only gave one, if someone hasn't watched or seen or whatever, which one of these do you think you would most like to uplift? For me, it's an easy one um, just because I know Darkwing Duck is not for everyone. So I won't lift that up if you're a 90s kid, maybe. But if I'm doing like for just the general population, the Mandalorian is just such a good story on its own. You don't need to know all of Star Wars for it or anything. It's just a good story. So I'm going to have to go with the Mando on this. It's also pirates. Uh, you know, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, um, but I'm uh, I'm the last of us is uh, such a unique show in that there has it's been so long since I started watching a show. And as soon as as it was over, I could not wait until the next week for a new episode. And it's just so well done. And there's not a whole lot of action. And they are somehow able to keep you engaged and interested through a relatively slow paced uh, TV show. Um, So I'd have to go with Last of Us. Fair enough. Nice. I would be a tiebreaker, but I'm going to recommend both Mandalorian chapter 18 and Last of Us episode seven. You have to pick one. 
No, I'm not going to pick between two children. I'm a good father and a good pastor. And I'm not Will's recommendation is Darkwing Duck. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll split the difference and say both Last of Us and, and Mando. But I will say that Mando Chapter 18, the, the newest episode that, that came out today, is is some of the um, best Star Wars I've seen in a long time. And I, I was just, I was all in for it. It's just so, it's so good. I had so much fun. It's very exciting. It's great. All right. Yeah. Well. So, for those of you listening, if you want to support the show and get some cool merch on our website, systematicecology.org, there there's a shop. You can you can hit there and you can see all kinds of different things. We have ones with like different random stuff on it that's like uh, different geek stuff. It says like what you like, don't be a jerk. We have one that's like a comic book panel and says all reading counts and has like a list of like audiobook, comic books right now on the back. So, you know, represent the show, get a cool shirt. TJ has some cool phrases on there. You know, like uh, there's a lizard breathing fire on a city. It says, you know, sometimes all you want is to see a giant lizard attacking stuff. There you go. (laughs) That's just a funny one. You know, so they're not all churchy. They're not all just shoving our podcast in people's face. Some of them are just fun shirts. So I I recommend checking them out. That's my top recommendation. There you go. And (laughs) guys, of course, we need you all to do one very important thing for us and to remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.